All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Adam's fans welcome back to another episode of the canucks conversation presented by those great folks down the road in surrey zephyr epic you can use our promo code hockey season somebody asked me for that on twitter actually the other day uh what the what the promo code is hockey season all one word capital h capital s hockey season five dollars off your order and free shipping to all of canada 
from the Yukon down to Nova Scotia. Free shipping across Canada on orders over $50. ZephyrEpic.com or check them out on Instagram. Good follow on Instagram, by the way, too. Absolutely. Especially if you're into Pokemon cards. They've been pumping the Pokemon lately. Did you see? There's a new Upper Deck series. Did you, yes. did you see that? You're There's right. There's a brand new one. Yes. I'm, I'm, what are they calling it? They're not calling it Series 3. It's some sort of expanded. Yeah, I think. It's, it's like it's a, one and two kind of put a, together. There's a little gold Niels Hoaglander card in there. Yep. That's what you're going for. By the way. And that, you know what? That's the first Niels Hoaglander card with the umlau on it. Yes. Because the first few, the rookie card that I have of Niels Hoaglander, just the regular O. So yes. this is the first one with the umlau. People want to get in on that. And then we want to get in on that. We're going to talk to our friends at Zephyr Epic and send us a pack. We've been opening 2019-20 packs for a long yes. time, which I love because we're hunting for Hughes. That, that's always a lot of fun. But that new Hugh, that new Hoglander card is going to be a lot Ooh. of fun. And next year, like I have the Pod Colson rookie card from Russia, from the KHL. I have his rookie card in the KHL, one of my favorite cards, you know, along with all my young gun Nikita Triampkin yeah, cards, how's which are the, useless. Uh, how's the old investment on the Yulevi and Triampkin? Because you cornered the market. I you did. cornered I, I the cornered, market. I bought all of eBay's uh, rookie cards of Triampkin and Yulevi, which were like $4 at the time when I bought them all. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm still holding out on the Yulevi cards. You know, we're going to, I don't know when we're going to have it, but I feel like one full episode, just like we did last year, we had our MVP debate or two years ago. Yeah. Oh, about a year and a half ago, whatever it was. We got to have the Yolevi debate because you know I still believe in Yolevi. I know I'm going to get Harmon in here. We're just going to body you. It's yeah. going to be that. We'll we'll bring Harmon in for the Yolevi debate. We'll just body you. Sure, I'm ready for that. I I, I think I can back you. I can back and back my guy up a little bit here. All, I, all that entire argument just hinges on well, maybe if he works on his skating. Oh no, no no, that's literally all that argument hinges on. It's I, all all hypothetical. Well, you guys are going off. I just I know I've seen a lot more. Than you have of Yolevi. And you know what? I'm going to call it Harmon too. I bet I've seen more than <laughs> Harmon has too. So we, we got to get Harm back on the show here too. Well, now that, uh, you know, things are getting a lot better with COVID. Like it, it's weird, eh? Like the last couple of weeks, like you don't even see case numbers anymore. Like I don't think they're even releasing them anymore, right? And like, they are, you know, they are. They are. Well, There's 59. Okay, the well, rolling I'm, average is kind of going it. up a little bit actually. I'm not seeing actually. the daily things from Bonnie Henry anymore. You know, it's... It have, feels like we're moving past it a little bit. It's nice. It's not over yet, but I have tweet notifications on for Justin McElroy from mm. CBC. Okay, wait. I've job. had this debate with my girlfriend all the time. Are you a McElroy guy? I'm a I'm a Zussman guy. Okay, I have. Okay, so I'm both. Like I have notifications on for Justin because he also tweets a lot of funny stuff. Canucks fan too. Yeah, I, I like. I I think. I, okay, like if you had to have a beer with either Justin McElroy or Richard Zussman, who are you going with? Or how, Zussman? How I I, I hope I don't mispronounce that. But Is it McElroy. McElroy, I thought. I just think McElroy because the golfer. But maybe. the East Capital. Okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't okay, matter. Anyways. If you could have a beer with one of those guys, a parallel 49 beer, go to the street kitchen. If yeah. you could go up with one of those guys, who are you picking? I'm going Justin. And that's not a knock on Richard. I just think Justin's really funny. Yeah, Justin's good on Twitter. But and, Zus- uh, Zussman's been my guy. I, Richard, I Richard doesn't problems. follow me on Twitter, so he oh. automatically loses points there. Dang, that's tough. I don't think McElroy follows me either. Yeah, he follows I've me. Talked about this because my girlfriend's all over it, right? She's all over the, the updates and everything. Yeah. And and yeah, I just say it's been good. It's been good. It's not something that's on the on like the first thing you bring up when you see someone that you meet on the street or whatever. It's not the first conversation that gets brought up anymore. So that's good. Yeah. We're moving forward out of it, which is exciting because I'm damn tired of it. And now you know, now it's all about summer. That's the that's the main topic that everyone's going on the heat. And look at look at me quads. I'm getting a tan. Yeah, right? you looked a little burnt when when I saw you walking out from your car today. Yeah. You looked a little burnt. Well, I'm getting a tan too, and it's like I don't spend a lot of times outdoors. Mm. You know, I spend a lot of time buried in my uh, in my office and and just writing and and doing other stuff and spending a lot of time on the computer. But I've got a little bit of a tan going on. I'm pretty happy with it. 
I burned so badly going yeah, to. Did. I went to the you, beach. Well, oh, you're peeling still. I can I'm see on your legs. Bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm peeling bad. But it's five inch inseam short summer. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, you got to explain this to me. What's the five okay, inch so inseam? All the guys Am I out there. Five inch inseams. Don't uh, stand up. Stand up, and we'll see. Also, this is great radio. Us just talking about. Mm, yeah, those are okay. Those those are good. It needs to be above your knee. You got to be wearing shorts above your knee now, guys out there. The, the time mm. of the capris and the basketball shorts that we used to wear, that's over. You wear those around oh the house. Oh, God. You sound like my girlfriend telling me it's I can't true. wear basketball shorts I'm, anymore. If you can wear them around the house, you can wear them if you're, you know, depends where you're going. But if you're going out and you want to look nice, five-inch inseam. That's what you're going for this summer, guys. That's what we're going for. Five-inch inseam all summer. That's what you're going with. All right, whatever. Uh, I just get my shorts at Old Navy. That's that's the spot now. They might have them at Old Navy. Probably. These are Old Navy shorts. These are sort of... These are H&M. Five-inch inseam. Okay. Go How check much you out. pay for those at H&M? 80 bucks? No, like twelve ninety nine. What? H&M's fairly priced. What Is are you it? talking about? Yeah. I don't know. I've never walked in there. I felt it was like a fancy store. I, I've heard they have some questionable practices to get the prices that low, but okay. we'll, we'll, we'll not bring that up I'm on gonna the I'm going to guess show. Old Navy probably does, too. So. Yeah. Who knows? Anyways. Yeah. Wait, oh yeah, this is a Canucks podcast. Hockey podcast. Not a lot going on though, but I think like the I guess the big topic that we can kind of talk about today was something that we thought we were going to be spending a lot of time talking about was the jersey release, the logo release, and kinda, yes. I guess most importantly, the AHL team name being named. We didn't get the any branding. of that today. They took a rain check and we're getting it on Wednesday, is it? Wednesday, July 14th. Yep. Wednesday, July 14th, instead of today on Friday. What 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 do you think pushes it there? What do you think made the push for them to to go that far, because what I heard, and this is what I heard, just rumors on the street, what I heard about the logo, or, or sorry, what I heard about the team name, I told you it was Canucks, uh, Golden Eagles, and was it Arrows, I believe? was the yep. three. I yep. tweeted out, I, I got the information from somebody, I can't remember exactly, but those are the three names I heard, and what I heard from that was that they wanted a logo done very, very quickly from mm. the people that they asked to get their logos done from, and... That's kind of was a struggle, and a lot of people were struggling to say, like, sorry, I don't know if I can get your logo with all your team colors done in that time frame. I think that's what's pushing it back. Hmm. How hard is it to design a logo? Probably, you know, probably pretty tough if you're going to, I mean, yeah, you're doing it for a, a pro team, yeah. AHL team, you're putting it together. But that's what I heard from people that are some designers that I talked to that, you know, might have been reached out to, to do this for them. They mentioned that. Might have you know, been. <laughs> might have been, maybe, allegedly. allegedly. Uh, is that the word you just say when you don't want to get yeah, in trouble? Yeah, you're nailing it. You're allegedly. doing great. So, Nobody, nobody's on to you. And some of them were saying that, you know, I, they just couldn't do it because, like, sorry, I can't get you a logo in that time frame. Mm. So I'm wondering if that might be something that pushed it. Or potentially maybe they just find another date that works, you know, a little bit better um, for them putting it out and maybe making it a better thing on, like, a on a Wednesday. It's something that not really normal Canucks news. That's why, like, even as we're recording this here on Friday afternoon, I'm just thinking, I'm like, there's probably going to be something drop in the Every next couple Every time hours. we record on a Friday afternoon, we're Actually waiting early, for something. Because it's about 1 o'clock right now. Yeah, exactly. We're waiting for something. We're waiting for them to be like, oh, yeah, we fired this guy. Or just quietly <laughs> drop some crazy news. Like, yeah, we've extended Brandon Sutter, which I'll be writing about in the near future with the Nick Bukestad deal. I kind of brought it up on the last show. But. Well, I got, uh, I got an article dropping uh, this weekend coming up about uh, three hot takes about some prospects. One of which will be on the show today. Absolutely. One of it's joining us today. A little bit later in the show, we're going to talk to Aiden McDonough from Northeastern University, seventh round pick of the Canucks in the 2019 draft. Uh, and one of the, honestly, the highest rising prospects, I think you'd have to say, from Absolutely. where he was drafted to where he's at now to what we might see next season. The hot take I got, I'll leave it, you know, I'll, I'll say it here. It's going to be in the article as well. I think he signs out of, uh, out of uh, Northeastern this year, and I think he comes to the NHL. 
I think if the Canucks are, are a team that's slowing down this year, if they're not in a playoff run, and you have Aiden McDonough ripping it up down at Northeastern, scoring maybe what I kind of projected was if he gets 20 goals and 40 points, he's in the NHL at the end of the season. And I think that he finds a spot on that second power play unit easily because he's going to be a guy who's going to contribute on a power play. That's his best skill set is firing one-timers on the power play. But if he can round out his game just a little bit more this year, he did a lot of improvements from his freshman year to his sophomore season this past year. And now moving into the next year, this uh, this Northeastern team has been loading up. I don't know if you've been following them for the past couple of days here. But a lot of signings for them for the United States national team, which is always great players, obviously. Uh, and they're, they're loading up. They got a lot of great players. Last year, they were such a young team with all the freshmen and sophomore. I think 14 of their skaters were freshmen or sophomore. So sophomores, I guess you got to say which almost makes you say s'mores. But that that's going to be a young team that's going to get a lot better next year. Northeastern's going to be a powerhouse, and McDonough's going to be assistant captain for them. And he's joining us later on the show, so I'm excited to, uh, to get him on here and chat about that. But back to the AHL team. Are we still in the Canucks boat, or do you think this is what the delay is pushing it back? Is there mm. not going to be the Abbotsford Canucks? I don't know, man. Like It's hard to – I don't want to speculate what, it, what the delay could be. Someone tweeted at me. They were like, oh, maybe they didn't get the domain they wanted. Right, and you know, I, I said it on the last show, and I put out the article of all of the domains that they've purchased, and there's a lot of them. They have like every name under the sun secured. So <laughs> that'd be very funny if that was the issue. I I don't think that's the issue. Um, yeah, I, honestly, I wonder what it is. I wonder if we'll ever find out. Uh, I've texted a few people, haven't heard anything back. So yeah, it, it's interesting, Chris. I I don't know. I I still think that it should be. Um, the Abbotsford Aces, even though I know it's not going to be that. Or what was the other one we said? Fraser Valley Falcons? I like that, yeah. I like that a lot. I don't think that they're going to... I think it's going to be Abbotsford. I'm pretty pretty set yeah, on it is. Yeah, it is. I yeah. think I think that's all but guaranteed. I think it, it's going to be called... They're probably just going to be called the Abbotsford Canucks. Like, that looks like the favorite, but... Seems to be. You know, and, like, it's not... Like, I get it's lazy, but, man, like, you know, the Providence Bruins, the Wilkes-Barre, Scrant, Scranton Penguins... Um, I'm trying to name them off the top of my head. Belleville Senators. There's a few more out there. I just can't remember them all. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head. Providence but yeah, Bruins, like, did you say? I, I did say that. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember some of the other names, but I can't remember. But yeah, like what I'm but saying you know what, is, you know it's what's not cool. And I think this is the way that the Canucks should have done. Even if it was just like Orcas or something that's small. Like I think of of uh, Los Angeles's team, Los yeah. Angeles Kings. Their minor league team is the Ontario Reign. Like mm. rain, like you're raining as a king, right? Like that's a cool little mix. I kind of like that just a little bit more. Mm. Just like a, a connection doesn't have to be the same name. Vancouver Sticks, the Abbotsford Sticks, Abbotsford Sticks. I don't know about that. I'm just trying to think. Like I think a salmon idea would have been cool, whether it's coho or sockeye or something yeah. along those lines. I always like that. I like that idea. I still think but, Aces is the best. Abbotsford Aces just sounds so good, and you have so much potential to have so much fun with with like the card, like the Ace of whatever ace of hearts ace but of spades what's whatever our, you want to use what's our criteria here like are we just going any sea life is that the criteria because salmon and killer whales they're not related at all no but but killer whales are you know like the you know like killer whales eat sharks right like killer whales yeah. are, are killer whales are not to be messed with would you say that they're like the lion of the ocean like is there a thing that's eating killer whales out there in the ocean i don't think so i don't know i i, I don't think so actually maybe squid like giant squid Maybe squid no i don't think so Hold on. Okay. Let's, so what's, let's what's go our, off, hold on. Let's go off the rails a little bit here. I thought we, we already did that. 10 yeah, but let's ago. go right back off. There's not a lot of news. This this like the ocean. What? It's only five percent been explored, right? Dude, I don't know. Yeah, that's what <laughs> that's what I think scientists say or whatever. So if only five percent's been explored. Like, how much marine life do you think that they haven't found down in the bottom of the ocean? I think there's got to be some bigger sharks out there. 
the Megalodon. Have you seen the movie The Meg with Jason Statham? No, I just that's the thing for me. As soon as they named it The Meg, I wasn't into it. Have you watched? Do you you know what a Megalodon shark is? I know what it is. So for those that don't know, prehistoric giant shark. Okay, Jason Statham punches it in the face. Sorry, I spoiled the movie, but yeah, Jason Statham punches the prehistoric shark. He doesn't kill it by punching it in the face, but there is a scene where there's a fight scene between Jason Statham and the shark, and he distinctly punches it. Like, he punches the giant shark. And you look up, like, you go look up a megalodon shark compared to, like, what it looks like compared to, like, a great white. Mm. Man. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's wild. It's ridiculous. The the thing for me, though, with, like, this ocean not being explored thing is, like, you see some of the... This is one of my favorite conspiracy theories, right? It's not really a conspiracy theory because I think it's, like, partially fact that, you know, a lot of the ocean hasn't been explored. We don't know what's in the ocean. But you see things that are washed up after, like, tsunamis and yeah. stuff like that. You see these weird creatures that they've never seen before, these really weird things. I don't know. It freaks me out a little bit. I don't, I'm don't. i just not a fan of, like, swimming in the ocean. For really? one, because of, like, how dirty the waters are here. Like, yeah. when I was on the island for the last little bit, the, the ocean looked beautiful, especially mm-hmm. compared to what it looks like over here. And I don't know what part of it it is. I don't know if it's, like, where the salt water really switches over. But when you're taking the ferry over to the island, there's a certain point where the water is, like, green and then turns blue. Mm. I don't know exactly what that is. Somebody probably knows. And somebody, somebody, somebody will let us not know. in this room knows exactly Absolutely. what that is. And people have been, people have been good about uh, replying to our podcast episode. So please reply to the podcast episode <laughs> with that because somebody came at you for your take on the Patreon, which was crazy. Oh, about the hot dogs? Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm going to, I'm, listen, I'm going to go buy the same hot dogs and read the instructions again because I swear that's what it said. It said grill the hot dogs and then put them in the boiling water. Here's the, and here's I, what I, I ate about. them and they were great. But what I thought about it was like, you're grilling it, and then now you're making it soggy. The part that it you just wasn't grilled. soggy. It was like juicy. It was good. It was really good. I think it's crazy. I think it's absolutely crazy that you do The this. more I talk about it and the more I see people reacting to it, the more crazy it sounds. So maybe it was like, put it on the grill for 10 minutes or put it in boiling mm. water. And I read the or as, and then okay, for so some n- reason. No matter what, and I think you tweeted this, no matter what it says, you have to now go buy those hot dogs oh, and tweet out the 100%. I'm going to. I'm go- like, okay, we're going to record a Patreon on Tuesday or Wednesday when we do yeah, next probably, week's show. Probably Monday. I think we should do Monday. Maybe. Whatever day. We'll whatever day it works. I'm going to have the hot dogs by then. I'm going to eat hot dogs yeah. for dinner. On either Sunday oh, yeah, or Monday. Yeah, just moved out. It's the only thing you can cook. Exactly. It's it's like one of the main things. Getting hey, an air fryer. Getting an air fryer. It's in the car. Fantastic. Very excited about the air fryer. Lisa, this is, our Patreon supporter, Lisa. Well, since we're on the topic of Patreon, we'll get back to the Canucks in a second. Like the, we were talking about the Canucks and not the ocean? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. well, we'll get, well, anyways, we'll get around to it eventually. It's not a lot of news. Uh, but the Patreon, we're giving away uh, a, a package now with a t-shirt uh, for everyone who signs up. In the month of July, they're going to be entered into a draw, and the winner is going to win a big old pack. We're going to put a, a lot of stuff in here. I think we're going to do you know at least you know seventy five bucks worth of stuff in this package. It's going to be a lot of stuff, a lot of Canucks cards, some cool things, and we'll uh, put a T shirt in there, some stickers, some Canucks combo swag, all that stuff. If you sign up for the Patreon in the month of July, you're entered into it. Only one person so far signed did up we, this month. Did we specify which tier? No, five or ten. Five or oh, ten. five or ten? Okay, because yeah. someone signed up for the dollar sixty nine tier, Uh-oh. which we appreciate, mm-hmm. but we should have specified it's five or ten, right? Yeah, the dollar sixty nine it doesn't get you anything anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that was our uh, our union holdout against Canucks Army. <laughs> yes. back in the day. Back in the day, that was my union. Canucks, my union style yeah, Canucks flexing. conversation versus Canucks Army. Those yeah. are the days, man. The Great War of uh, I guess twenty twenty. Yeah. Wow. What all do right. you think would happen if we just went to training camp and started asking all the players like what their favorite animal in the ocean is? You know what? Okay. I'm going to, yeah. Hold on. I'm going to spoil this. Um, 
So PJ and I, Patrick Johnson. Yep. We were talking about this the other day. He was uh, he was sending me a message about how I should be tweeting out quotes. <laughs> and I said, yes, I know. Dave already told me that I don't use, I don't even know what they're called, the round things, round words, parentheses. Yes. It's parentheses. I, parentheses. You know what the problem is? All these words, because I went to school in French, and I'm getting to this in the story. I learned them all in French. Like parenthèse is how you'd say it in French. So I don't know a lot of these words in English because I've they never used They look the same them. in French, though. Yeah. They so, look the same, but they sound different. Like, I would have said parenthèse, like, or parenthèse. That's what I would have said, because I don't know how it, it translates matter, to English. Just, but they write the same way. Okay, like, well, yeah, I screwed up on the writing part, and that's what PJ <laughs> was coming at me for. And I told him this. I was like, we learned it in French, blah, blah, blah. I, couldn't, I can't remember what the word was in English to pronounce it. Anyways, we get to a point where PJ's like, you know what? There's a lot of us reporters who all went to school in French immersion. So our goal for, for first day of training camp is all of us who spoke French, we're all asking Antoine Roussel questions in French. Hmm. So what we're going to hopefully do with Canucks PR is be like, you know, they send out Antoine Roussel, everybody asks their questions, and then we're hoping that PR is going to be down for this and be like, all right, maintenant, on va faire les le questions en français. We're going to do the French questions. And then he's going to be like, what? Because like he's in Vancouver. Yeah. And then like me, PJ, Rob Williams, uh, Daniel Wagner. Um, I think even some other people as well have spoke, like went to French immersion school. But I know them for sure. Us four are going to do like a French press conference with Antoine herself. I'm going to throw a curveball at you all. I'm going to I'm going to teach myself how to say one question yeah. in Russian to Vasily Podkolzin. Ooh. And I'm just going to catch him off. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll have like, no clue what he's saying when he answers it. Good luck. But I'm Russian's still go a hard one. To oh learn. my gosh. No, it is. Okay. So I, I've started this process. Like I, I put a question to Google translate. I hit the speaker thing. Oh my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't even know where to start. Like I'm like trying to just remember exactly how to say everything. And it's, it's not easy. It was like a four word question. Like, yeah. I, and then I wouldn't know what he's answering with. So it'll be nice when, when he has his translator. But yeah, I'm thinking maybe I'll maybe I'll throw a curveball at the entire uh, Vancouver media by just uh, asking a question in Russian. That'll be pretty good. I don't think you're going to be able to do it. And no, I, don't I don't think, think you so have either. the balls to pull it off. Either, no, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I don't disagree there. No. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to some more topics as well. I guess, I mean. How about the ocean? I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, one thing I want to talk about. Yeah. Oliver Ekman Larson continues to be linked to the Canucks. Now. The Canucks were very adamant in coming out and dispelling these rumors, and it really does look like it's a lot of Arizona kind of doing this, and it makes sense. Look, Vancouver was hella interested last year. We know that for sure. It it may have cost them Tyler Toffoli. Like, it may have cost them Tyler Toffoli. But what we do know is that the Canucks aren't out there going after Oliver Ekman Larson and calling and saying, like, we need Oliver Ekman Larson. That's our guy. That's who we want from you. That's not what's happening, and... uh, Nick Kiprios reported that uh, that he heard it was Schmidt for OEL. That's not a thing, said a source to Patrick Johnson uh, from the Canucks. And yeah, it looks like this is a lot of Arizona-driven chatter. And it makes sense because, you know, they have a player on a pretty crappy contract who's on the decline that they want to move. he's still an excellent defenseman. He, okay, absolutely. But still is he still an excellent defenseman, defenseman at 8.25 yeah. by year four, five, six of that deal? Because, listen, it's an eight-year deal. There's six years left. Six years left on that deal. That's a that's a bad contract. I don't know what team is going to want to add that. And he's the captain, right? He is the he's captain. the captain of that team, signs an eight-year deal, and he wants out after one. Like, you think about that last year. That's a little bit... Yeah. That's almost a red flag right there. Well, I must say... New advisors to the GM, Daniel and Henrik Sedin. When those guys retired and they played Arizona in their final game at Rogers Arena, it was a long handshake with mm-hmm. OEL. Like they've played together on the international stage. 
If those guys are advisors and they get asked about Oliver Ekman Larson, what do you think they're saying? Like, they know he's a good player. They right. they like his character, obviously. And maybe he is a better fit than Nate Schmidt, potentially, here. Yeah. And you know what? That's the thing that I've thought about this Nate Schmidt rumors, because I know that Nate Schmidt rumors just aren't going away. And you know what? We're actually going to get to this probably a little bit more on the other side about the Schmidt stuff, because we got Aiden ready to go here in a couple minutes. Uh, but... With it, I think that the way they need to do with this Nate Schmidt, if they are going to move him, needs to be in a similar way to Vegas, right? The way that Vegas brought in Petrangelo and moved out Schmidt, like it's weird that you're going to have to put Schmidt in the same situation where you move him out for a better guy, but is Dougie Hamilton an option? Is Oliver ekman Larson an option if you're moving out Schmidt's contract? Like the only problem is, like you mentioned, it's those last few years on the OEL deal, and I just think that Arizona's not going to be able to get a big return for him. No, I don't think so. I don't think they'll be able to get a big return for him this year. And then next year, they're going to try and do it again. Next year, they're going to try to do it again. And then it's going to be like, what is the deal actually going to end up looking like? Yeah. Because last year was probably the highest value. I bet that they turned down some deals that were were close. Because we heard about, like, I reported about the deal that I heard was getting done from them last year. Right? The very close deal that came, the Canucks made an offer. I wonder if that was, that would have been potentially the best offer they would have received for OEL now moving forward. Cause I don't think it gets any better moving forward unless he has a real hell of a season next year. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy that PJ shut the rumors down, talk to someone at the Canucks, shut it down because it doesn't make sense. Really doesn't make sense for them to add OEL right now. Yeah. And they, they need to shut down rumors like that. Like that's a, that's a good move by the Canucks to yep. come out and just dispel that. Right. Right. Um, you know, I think that's as publicly as you can as a professional sports team. Cause you want to avoid tampering fines and all that sort of stuff. And you know, nobody's going to come out and say, this is who we want, not OEL, but, it's good that they came out and dispelled that because, you know, it's hard to imagine the Canucks winning an OEL trade. And that's kind of, before we close out this conversation, that's kind of what I want to ask you is, what would it take for the Canucks to win an OEL trade? And I'll go first. Like If you're dealing Schmidt, and then maybe you get out of the last year of Louis or you're able to deal Antoine Roussel, maybe throw a pick in for from Arizona. Arizona throws in a pick. Like... Is that enough to make you take on all those years? Still those last like, years. There's st- exactly, right? And that's the problem is there's still people, you know, there's someone out there right now listening to me say these words and is, you know, saying like, that's not enough. That's not enough. That's not going to get OEL over here. And it's like, yeah, you might be right, but it should, it like, it should be because for the Canucks, it can't be any more than that. Like they cannot, they can't, they can't come out on the losing end of this deal. They're doing Arizona a favor. The big difference is like, so what, he's making 8.75? Is 8. that what 8.25. 8.25. He's making a way, way, way bigger difference than a player like Louis Erickson is, right? Like, it's Absolutely. not like he's a, just an anchor for the money. He's just not going to quite be worth that probably in a few years, but maybe he is. Maybe, he, like, look at a lot of these Swedish defensemen and the way that they're able to extend their careers by playing a little differently. Heck, Alex Edler is still playing top four minutes at the age that he's at. Obviously not great, and you hope that OEL's not at that level at the end of his contract, but OEL was probably a better defenseman than Alex Edler in his prime, and I don't think OEL's out of his prime. Like, he's not exactly the best player like he was, and he was one of the best defense like in the six league. six years ago, yeah. Right, but he's he's dropping off a little bit here, but I do think that there's still a lot of value. It's just not $8 million value in the end, and that's a bad ad for the Canucks. So, what to get back to your question, retaining money, you know, that's and I don't think that's what Arizona wants to do. I don't think they want to commit to another six, yeah. seven years, I guess, of yeah. them holding on to dead money. Six. They're not going to want to do that. Yeah. So I think that's going to be the trouble that's going to keep this deal. A team that's going to want him is probably going to want like at least a million dollars kept for them. And that Absolutely. might be doable for Arizona if they can get a decent return. But that's where you start to have the conversation if it works. If Arizona's holding 1.25 and you're getting OEL at 7 million, I think that there's some value there. 
I think that there's some value you can trade back, but for the Canucks, it just it makes no sense to me. And I, and I'm glad to hear that they aren't involved in this conversation again because you know Jim's got a lot of other things to focus on. We can't have him focusing on an OEL trade all year long again. Absolutely. Okay. So, well, we've got Aiden McDonough waiting, so yes, we will cut to break on uh, the line right now. We'll cut to break. Uh, we're going to throw the commercials first, and then on the other side, we'll start our conversation with Aiden McDonough. Uh, we'll see how many questions Quad gets in. We're setting the over under at one and a half right now. I, I think I'm just going to go with one. Have I have you one done, burning so we've question. Had, we've had Aiden on the show a lot. Have you? I've never, I've never spoken to Aiden McDonald in my life. This okay. is the first time. I'll right. ask him one question. It'll be fun. So uh, we'll I got get work to... to do. Just so people know, I, it's not. It's not because I'm just sitting here don't want to ask questions. It's because I'm. It's because I'm doing other work. I'm a busy guy. Okay. All right, sounds good. So just we'll get to big our... time Aiden McDonough as he comes on yeah, the show wow. so graciously. Hey, it's Dave here. I won't be on the interview. <laughs> Have a good one, buddy. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get to our uh, ad break here on the other side. Aiden McDonough of Northeastern University. All right, folks, that's right. We got a new ad finally here for Parallel 49 Beer. You want to get down to the street kitchen, folks. It's more than just a street kitchen now. Now it is a full-on beer gardens. Absolutely beautiful. You've seen Quads and I tweeting about it. The food's amazing. A ton of beers on tap. Quads as well. You've had uh, not only beers, but what other drinks did you like there? Had the Muddler's Pink Lemonade. That was very good. You need to go get the food, though. The food at the Parallel 49 Street Kitchen, ridiculous. What did we eat that one day? Poutine, cheeseburger. Well, I ate it all. Waffle fries, and then we got those Korean barbecue wings. Yeah, the spicy chicken burger. That's my go-to. But what you do, a little trick for everyone, you swap out the jalapenos for their pickled cucumbers. Very, very good. Highly recommend that. That's down at 1950 Triumph Street off an East Van. That's Parallel 49 at 1950 Triumph Street. Check them out in East Van and go down and try some beers and be sure to get some food down on that beautiful patio. The pandemic and a slow economy are making it tough on a lot of people to find steady, good-paying work. But one industry is bucking that trend. Construction companies are hiring and need more workers than ever before. Upload your resume to icba.ca and get noticed. With more than 3,000 employers on our ICBA team, our employment network can connect you to businesses crewing up for the 2021 construction season. Trades jobs that pay well, offer excellent benefits, invest in safety training, and give a firm career foundation. Check out icba.ca slash jobs. Squish Beverage, my new favorite drink of the summer. Absolutely crushable. The right drink to bring down to the beach, the right drink to bring down to the river, camping, whatever you're doing this summer. Squish is the beverage for you. They have original hard seltzers and a bunch of different flavors, but the lemonade ones, those are my favorite quads. Me too. I can drink more than one of those. They're crushable. Which is good. So when you go down to the beach, you're bringing how many? More than one. More than Unlike one. last time. Absolutely. This is the hard seltzer for you. This is the hard seltzer for summer. Go out and try Squish. You can find their original flavors of hard seltzer at BC Liquor Stores. But if you want to do a little bit of digging, that's where you're going to find the lemonades. My favorite. And you can find those at private liquor stores all across British Columbia. All right, folks, joining us now, returning guest, returning favorite guest, I think I would have to say, prospect of the Vancouver Canucks, seventh round pick in 2019, and now coming in as an assistant captain of the Northeastern Huskies, Aiden McDonough. Aiden, how you doing, man? It's been a couple months since we've had you on the show. I know, good, guys. Uh, it's, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on back again. It's uh, great to talk to you guys. Absolutely. It's good to chat with you again as well. And I know you're coming off of having uh, a seven-week sort of camp slash class back at Northeastern. How exciting was it for you just to get back and sort of like you mentioned, kind of get back to reality a little bit, like back to a normal life without masks even at certain points and being able to feel like a college student again? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, you know, after the kind of the year that we had in terms of being able to hang out with our team and, 
you know, being together in the locker room and stuff like that to be able to go. And um, I took, you know, a class this summer um, for seven weeks and I was living on campus with my teammates, uh, working on the morning and then class later. Um, it was awesome. Just be able to spend time with them in the dorms and, you know, in the locker room and to be able to work out all in one group together and, you know, be able to see faces, which, um, you don't realize how much you miss and, until you don't have to wear the mask while you're working out or just walking up and down the hallways and in the dorms. Uh, it, it was awesome. And I think it's going to help our team and it already has helped our team so much just because we, you know, we have so many younger guys that haven't really had a chance to spend time with each other. And I think this summer allowed us to do that. Right. Because I remember you telling us last year about it, that, you know, there were times where you guys were just going, was it like groups of six into one locker room, groups of six in the other? And that's how you guys were practicing. So to get this kind of started where everyone's practicing together, everyone's getting those off season kind of, I guess, off the, off the ice workouts together. Like that must just be heck of a feeling for you guys. And, and you mentioned it, a lot of new guys and a lot of young guys, cause your team was full of freshmen and sophomore last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The whole entire year we were working out in groups of four, getting dressed in three separate locker rooms, uh, wearing masks and social distancing on the ice. Um, which was obviously, you know, we did our part in, in terms of staying safe and, you know, I'm not complaining about, um, you know, that, that part of it, but just, uh, you know, it's a lot better when we're able to, you know, get dressed in the same locker room before we work out, work out together, you know, spend time, you know, away from the ring together. And, um, yeah, like, like you said, it's, it was, we have a lot of young guys on our team and even, you know, as a freshman, I only spent one year with my class and then, you know, last year we didn't get a ton of ch- time to spend with each other and then a whole new group of guys below us that didn't get any time. So. It was really good to get all of us together, and um, you know, I think it probably helped our team bonding. I think the most, and then also being able to work out and, and push each other and, and compete was really good too. And, and you're back at home now, but what does it look like for you when you're returning back to Northeastern to get back to those kind of preseason slash training camp workouts now? Yeah, so I'll be home until I head back to school uh, early September, um, and that looks like you know a normal year. I will go back and we'll have you know three or four weeks of, of preseason practices, and we'll probably do some scrimmages within our within our team on the weekends. And then, you know, I think we're starting early to middle of October, like you know we normally do. And you know, traveling on the road, we got some out of conference games, um, you know, some some hockey games, but we're going to be able to hopefully. You know, I haven't heard anything official about the Bruins and the Red Sox having a full crowd, so I don't see why we wouldn't be able to have a full crowd. Um, and then we're we're also heading to Switzerland next in December, so we have a we have a really exciting year that um, you know we're all really excited about. And I'm personally so excited about our, our team. Um, we have you know great incoming class and, and great returning guys, and you know we just couldn't be more excited to get to get to get to September and get going. Yeah, I've been seeing on the uh, on the Northeastern Instagram, you guys have been making quite a few ads over the past couple of days. Some exciting names, it looks like. Yeah, no, we have uh, we have a great group of freshmen that are going to be heading into uh, that are on campus. I think uh, two of the freshmen already moved in um, to you know to do their time of training in class that they they do during the summer, and then you know we'll have a full full team back in September. But yeah, we have. Uh, you know, we had a great group last year and, you know, they, they fit into our culture really well. And I think, uh, you know, this year's class looks like it's going to be doing the same. And I mean, a lot of these young guys coming in, they're going to be looking up to you. I mentioned it off the top. You got the A on your chest now. Can you walk us through uh, the moment that you found out that you were going to be an assistant captain? Yeah, we um, we had a we had a team meeting in our in our locker room. Um, and, you know, Coach Madigan, well, at the time, Coach Madigan, he's no longer the coach anymore, but he kind of gave a little speech on because um, we unanim- you, uh, unanimously voted Jordan Harris uh, the captain as soon as he decided he was going to come back to school. So that was a done deal because he's, you know, the person and player he is that, you know, 
an easy decision. And um, coach had a meeting and just announced all of us assistant captains and, you know, huge honor, um, you know, just very honored that my teammates and, you know, coaches were trusting in me to, you know, hopefully help lead. And um, I'm just so excited. I've never really had a official leadership role just because, um, you know, in high school, we didn't have any, you know, C's or A's. Um, and then I was only played juniors for one year. So, um, you know, I think I've always tried to lead in, in my own way and been a leader in how I go about, you know, my, my do my business day to day, but never been an official leader. So this is kind of the first time I've, you know, gotten an A on my chest and I'm, I'm super excited and, and honored for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, it's something to look forward to next year. And you mentioned it, like a lot of these guys, freshmen and sophomore on that team last year. Uh, and, you know, for yourself to move into that role as a junior, that's got to be a pretty, pretty, pretty big accomplishment, I'm sure, for you. That's something you've always grown up wanting to play for Northeastern and, and play in the Hockey East. And now that you've got an A on your chest, like, is it kind of uh, a pretty surreal moment for you, knowing that you're going to be part of a leadership of a Hockey East University? Uh, I guess so. I mean, I, I guess I, you know, I don't really think about it like that. I think, um, you know, as soon as I stepped on campus, uh, my freshman year, I saw how special the program it is and how things are run day to day and, and how many special guys, uh, you know, played before me and, and set that culture and standard. And then to have such awesomely awesome leaders my freshman year. And, and even this year, we had great leaders that, um, you know, just made me really want to be a part of that. I think, uh, when you learn what it takes to win, you know, winning a championship my freshman year, being pod and um, you know seeing what the older guys did to, to help bring bring us along and show us the ropes. I think right away I, I knew that, that I wanted to be that type of guy that you know can help lead the the younger guys and the whole team to you know bring a championship back to Huntington Ave. And I think that's something that's 100 percent in our reach this year. And after what you did in the Bean Pod in your freshman season, is that uh, is that the big one that you're circling on the calendar this year? Um. I hopefully, uh, no, I think a big thing for me, I like to circle every game because I want to be good in all of them. But I think uh, definitely really excited for the Beanpot again this year. I think uh, we have a lot of opportunities to play at the Boston Garden. I know the Beanpot's there, the Hockey's Championship's there, and then also the NCAA Tournament or the Finals are there. Um, so our team, our team historically has been very good in the Garden. And I think that's our goal this year is to get back to the Garden in all those situations and, and be good there. Um, but no, the Beanpot's, so special and um you know it's probably you know one of the best times in, in the city of boston throughout the whole year and i'm definitely looking forward to it for sure and i know it's going to be tough to kind of compare your freshman season to your sophomore season because obviously covid puts a huge damper on a lot of things in your sophomore year uh but something that we kind of joked about in our first few conversations was that you were only scoring on the power play uh in your freshman year but you were able to step it up on the sophomore year get some five on five goals you know score a lot more goals per game this past year in your in your sophomore season so how happy were you with just kind of your overall scoring touch that you had in your second year of college hockey yeah, I think it um, it took some time. You know, I think I had a, a pretty decent start, and then I went through a little uh, slump there throughout the middle of the year um, where, I, uh, you know, not, you know, to make excuses, but we just had a difficult year in terms of, you know, the COVID and the shutdown and everything. And then I found myself, I think I went like seven or eight games without scoring a goal. And, um, you know, for a shortened season, only playing 20 games and someone who prides himself on scoring goals is not, you know, I, that during those times, it wasn't the best, you know, but to be able to turn it around a little bit at the end, I think I, I definitely made some strides and to be able to contribute more five on five um, was, was big for me, I think, in terms of just my confidence and, and knowing that I can do it at the college level. And, you know, I, you know, I don't want to sound, you know, cocky, but I feel like I can score on the power play, um, 
you know, at this level, we have a, gr- a very good power play, very well coached. You know, the players on the power play are, are tremendous. But I think for me, it's now it's taking that next step and, and contributing more five on five and, um, you know, scoring more, uh, you know, five on five or, or scoring any, 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 any way I can. But, uh, you know, I definitely took, definitely put more emphasis on scoring five on five this year. And I, and I definitely, you know, I did that. I got, you know, got a little bit better, but I think there's still a lot more room to grow for sure. But but back to the power play now. I mean, it's something that you could like you could just feel it when I'm watching your guys' games. Like I could just feel the confidence flowing through that power play unit. All the play by play guys were talking about how deadly Northeastern's power play unit was and you know, kinda let you know, kinda let you guys down in the playoffs, I guess, a little bit at the end there with when it wasn't quite as hot as it was near the end of the season. But now that you guys are coming into next year, a lot of similar guys are gonna be back on that power play unit. Do you think that this Northeastern Huskies team has a chance to have the best power play in the nation? I think so. I really do. I think it was something that was established long before I got to Northeastern with, with, um, with coach Jerry Keefe. He, he runs the power play and he's one of the, you know, the smartest hockey minds that have ever been around. And he, uh, you know, we put a lot of time into it and there's a lot of details and, um, you know, the biggest thing for us is just being able to execute and, you know, he lays it all out there for us and all we have to do is go out there and do it. Um, and, you know, like you said, there's a lot of really good players on the power play and there has been for a long time at Northeastern. Historically, one of the better power plays. I think we have the best in hockey East this year, but mm-hmm. one of the best in the country. And, and that's our goal is to every time we step on the ice, um, when we're up a guy is, is you know, to, to score. And, you know, we don't, we expect nothing less of that. And, I think we have a lot of, you know, really skilled players and, and good players that, um, you know, can fill roles in the power play again this year. And um, I think, you know, for our team to have success, our power play is going to need to be really good. And, and I think we're expected to do that. And how much time have you spent uh, in the off season here firing shots from that right side? Obviously, your hot spot on the power play there. Um, I do work on it, but not, it doesn't take up uh, all of my time. I, I'm, you know, just working on shooting the puck and getting off my stick as, as fast as I can. I'm, I'm back shooting at Stop It, um, where I'm a, I'm a shooter at a, a goalie camp throughout the whole summer, and then uh, I have a nice little spot in my backyard where I can shoot. So I, I, do, I do work on it when I can, but I think I'm more just trying to work on my release and just getting the puck on off my stick as quick as I can. And um, I think when I get into that situation, a lot of it's about getting myself into open areas and then using my release as my advantage and, I think if I can, you know, work on some other parts of my game, like get into those spots, move my feet to get into those open ice areas, then I'll be able to, you know, use my shot to my advantage. Yeah, and I think that was the thing that stuck out from watching you in your freshman year was obviously the shot that you had. But I think watching in the sophomore season that you just had, um, it felt like you had a lot more scoring chances from just coming down the wing and being able to actually beat a defenseman to the net and use your body, use your speed to get around. I know it's something that you talked about last time you were on the show was, you know, wanting to improve your skating a lot. And it seems like it did from the freshman year to the sophomore season. It looked like you gained a step uh, definitely on the ice with your skating. But I'm wondering, is there something that you are going to take away from last off season that you want to kind of double down this off season to become a better skater? Because there obviously was improvement from your freshman year to your sophomore year. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's nice. And, um, you know, your hard work gets noticed and, um, you know, I, I do think that it definitely did get better. I think, um, you know, every year I have taken strides, but, you know, if you watch the NHL playoffs, you see how fast it is that there's still, you know, some more strides to go. And, and I know that and, um, I want to continue to work on it. I know I have to continue to work on it, but, but yeah, last summer was for me, was a lot about getting stronger and faster and, um, in the, in the weight room. And I think I, I took a step there. And then this summer, I, I, you know, I, I've gotten to a point of, you know, I'm still continuing to try to get stronger and faster, but I want to be, you know, stronger on my edges 
I want to be, uh, you know, quicker out of the blocks is, is very cliche, but you know, that, and then also, you know, in the corners, being able to protect pucks and, and, you know, use my skating ability. So I, I started, um, you know, for the first time in my life, I've gone to, I've been going to a skating coach, Dina Taylor. She's a local uh, skating coach in, in Boston. I have to give her a shout out because she's the best. She's awesome. And, um, I've been going to her a couple times a week and I, I already feel the difference when I'm on the ice. I, you know, I feel a lot, you know, more confident on my skates. Um, you know, <laughs> I used to get chirped every once in a while and I used to fall all the time on the ice, but I found myself not falling as much. And, um, but yeah, my edges and I, I feel confident over my skates and, you know, in the corners, cutbacks, we're working on crossover, acceleration, edge work. Um, it's an hour and a half, you know, once or twice a week with no puck. So it's not the most fun, but it's, um, it's been, it's been really good for, for my skating and, um, hopefully I'm going to see some benefits here soon. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I know I hear a lot of people, whether it's, you know, a lot of different ways are kind of be are being used right now by hockey players in the offseason to to kind of develop their skating. Because you mentioned it, you look at every team in the playoffs from first line to fourth line, every forward is, you know, capable of being a good skater at the NHL level, it feels like. So for you, is that something that that I guess is kind of the main goal? Because it feels like, you know, your shot's something that you're always going to work on. It's always fun to work on that. You mentioned the goalie camps and all that. But is power skating something that, you, like you mentioned, you just kind of picked up this past year, but there was improvement from your freshman year to your sophomore year. So I'm wondering, like, what did you kind of take away during that offseason that that kind of led to that improvement? Because, I mean, I don't think it just comes from from not working on it, but you mentioned getting bigger and stronger. So maybe just kind of came from that a little bit. Yeah, I think um, I was able to get into the gym early last year when we got shut down. Um, so I was lucky enough to get into the gym uh, back home early because there, you know, not much stuff was open, um, and I was able to get a good workout group going. But yeah, I think like every year, I'm just going to hopefully, you know, continue to grow in terms of my strength because I'm still going through. Um, you know, I'm still growing as a, as a human. I'm only I'm 21 years old. I'm kind of a late bloomer. So every year, I say hopefully get a, a, little, a little bit stronger, but um, that was definitely a big emphasis last summer. And I think this summer I, I you know, definitely thought about it. Well, I've, I've never done power skating. I've never done any sort of skating coach in my life. And, you know, I, I wanted to be on the ice this summer, just kind of working on that type of stuff. And I, if, if I can continue with the strength and the speed off the ice, like I did last summer, which I'm doing now, and then also add the on ice component of, you know, the edge work and, and the speed and acceleration on the ice, I think hopefully, um, you know, that's going to, you know, it takes time, which which is the part of the hardest thing about trying to become a better skater and faster is that, you know, if you want to get a better shot, just go in, you know, on the rink or go in the backyard and shoot enough pucks until you're yeah. better at it. But skating does take a lot of time. Um, and, you know, it, it might take some time until I see real results, but I, I already feel better already. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to wait that time and put in the time to, to get better. Well, absolutely. I think you kind of touched on it there, like adding a power skating coach, something you've never had in your life. Even I'm sure after one practice, you're feeling like a couple things you can probably pick up from that one practice with them. Yeah, exactly. I know the first the first practice I was falling and um, my legs were exhausted and I, and I was hurting. But then, you know, I noticed the second time I was like, okay, I, you know, I feel a lot better. And I'm at the point now where, um, you know, I'm comfortable out there. I'm going through all the drills and, and, you know, doing everything comfortably. And like, there's still a ton of work and, you know, I still, she's still screaming at me all the time because she's, she's, she's very intense, but she's, um, she's very knowledgeable and, and very helpful, but she's still all over me about, you know, a few things that she wants me to clean up. And, um, like I said, it's going to take some time, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm very willing to do it. That's awesome, and it's good to hear. And, and I know you mentioned growing a little bit earlier. I'm hoping you're not growing in height as well, because the basketball team might try and snatch you out pretty quick. 
<laughs> I know. I mean, honestly, I, I'd, I'd like to be done growing in height and maybe, you know, a couple other inches, but every, every time I seem to grow in height, my balance and everything else seems to get thrown off. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty happy with my height. I just, you know, like to get, you know, a little bit stronger and, and faster and um, grow in some other areas, not just my height. So. Yeah, I, I want to get into uh, your childhood friend Jack Rathbone a little bit because I remember, uh, I think I sent you a text after his first NHL game and I loved your response. Uh, I think your response was, I told you so. <laughs> I was thinking, hell yeah, I mean, he obviously came in and had a great stint with the Vancouver Canucks. What did you think of Jack's uh, first few games there in the NHL? Awesome. I mean, uh, you know, as someone who's, who's grown up with him his whole life and seen how hard he works and, and everything he's done to put himself in that position and, and knowing his family, his dad coached me forever and um, just so happy for him and, and his family. It's um, it's so cool. You know, I think I, I was watching the highlights in the games, you know, just smiling ear to ear and all of our buddies back home were texting the group chat, like play by play and you're breaking everything down. We're just, we're just so pumped for him because we know how good of a guy he is and, and how hard he's worked and to see him, you know, be out there in the NHL and, and hold his own. And, um, you know, like I did, I think I've been telling you this ever since we first started to talk and you're, you know, you asked about him when he was at Harvard, and I said he's gonna he's gonna play, and then yep. when he was in Utica, I was like, I, I think he's gonna, he's gonna play if they give him a shot. And you know they did, and um, but yeah, just 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 so awesome, and and just hang out with him now. It's you know it's pretty cool. I mean, we still we still razz on him and make fun of him and stuff like that, like he's normal. But um, you know he's definitely he's an NHL player now. You know he he played at the end of the year and, and did great. And I think for him, he's coming back and him telling me about everything that he has to do, you know, before and after games in, ter- in, ter- in terms of working out and stretching and nutrition, all that stuff. Like, I think he's just so motivated to go and make the team next year. And um, it's it's a really good resource for me because I'm close enough with him where I can, you know, we talk about everything and anything and to be able to pick his brain about what he does and what other guys in the team are doing and, um, you know, how they prepare and how they get ready. I, you know, I think it's, it's very viable for myself, but no, just, just so excited for him and, um, awesome to see one of your best friends, you know, achieve their goals. You talked about the group chat there. Got to ask you, what had you guys going more when he was uh, facing a two-on-one with McDavid and Drysaddle burying in on him, or uh, when he pulled off the fake clapper? The two-on-one with McDry- uh, McDavid <laughs> and Drysaddle, hundred percent. We were going crazy. It was his, it was his first game, right? Yeah, or it was. was it? Yep, yeah, it was. It was his and, first and, game. And you know, whatever happened, I don't know how the play went down, but we all just saw. McDavid and Drysdale coming down a two on one, and we're all texting going nuts. <laughs> I think he he probably heard got more texts from that than he did when he scored his goal, honestly, because that was uh, that that was that was special for sure. Yeah, I mean that was that's uh, not really the moment, I guess, that you want in your first <laughs> NHL game. But I no, mean, I know he didn't get scored on in the end, so that was uh, good to see, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, it was definitely probably his welcome to the NHL moment, probably you know, would rather another moment, but that's still a pretty cool moment to have. Yeah. If you want to talk about a welcome to the NHL moment, that's the one that you don't want. But uh, I mean, he you know, <laughs> didn't go in. It didn't go in, kept the puck out. That was good to see. And, and uh, I mean, going now, looking at yourself, moving into next season, goals for this Northeastern team, like, what are they? Like, is it, I mean, you guys, like something that we've talked about a lot is how young this team has been for the past couple of years. And you mentioned your captain returning huge ad for them uh, that he didn't move on. And the fact that you guys are going to have a lot of these young guys, just another year older now. And this freshman group that you guys are bringing in, like, what is the goal for Northeastern next year? Yeah, I think for us, the time is now, I think um, last year um, was a hard year for the, for the whole team. And um, you had some, guys out they're key guys out all year with injuries and like you said we're really young and 
and now that that really that young excuse isn't there anymore because you know we have, have uh, I think we have eight, eight juniors, most of the team, like ten sophomores, you know, we'll have like six to eight freshmen, but and a, and a few seniors. But most of our team has been here and have lived through the day to day, and and um, I think we're just we're just ready to go. I, I think our expectations are are what they are every year, but this year they're real. It's it's the bean pot. It's hockey East and it's national championship, and those are our goals at the beginning of every year, but. Um, but I think everyone in our room knows that they're very attainable and that, um, you know, we got to, you know, take it upon ourselves to make sure that's not one of the, the years at the end of the, one, one of the years where we're all kind of sitting back, you know, saying what if, or, you know, if we did this or, you know, if this guy wasn't hurt or whatever it is, like, this is our year to, to take advantage of, of the team that we have because it's going to be something special, I think. Right, because I think, you know, you guys aren't coming in as the number one ranked team, but just the fact no. that you know that you can get there, I think is probably the best motivation for you guys. Yeah, I think, you know, the rankings are what they are. I don't, you know, we're still months away from those mm-hmm. even coming out, but everyone in our in our program knows, you know, what we're all capable of doing. Um, we know that we were not satisfied with last year by any means at all. And, um, you know, this isn't like a rebuild and there's not going to be some revamping. We have the guys in the room to do it, and it's just up to us to go out there and do it. Right. And, you know, I spoke with uh, Ryan Johnson uh, earlier in the week, Director of Player Development for the Canucks. I know that you've had some conversations with him in the past. Uh, what's the offseason been like for you in con- in conversations, I guess, with the Canucks organization? Um, yeah, we've, we've you know had a few conversations, and they've kind of just been all positive um, in terms of just, you know, making sure I have the right resources. Um, they're the ones that, you know, kind of talked about, you know, we both mutually agreed that, you know, I think we should definitely see someone in terms of the skating coach just, to help out, help clean up a few areas, and um, they, they've been awesome and, and super helpful through everything. And um, but yeah, we've we've had some conversations of just you know getting ready for next year, and um, they're super excited to see me, you know, compete next year, and um, you know be thrown into that leadership role and to be able to have more of a role and and kind of you know take it upon my shoulders to help lead the team. Um, and I think they're you know that's their expectation of me, and I'm and I'm super excited for that. Okay, just before we close out here, we got to ask you this because Jack got asked this as well when he was on a Vancouver radio show. But as a Boston area kid, what's it like supporting teams that win championships? <laughs> well, um, I mean, I can't say I support them now, but uh, there you go. Correct, up, correct. <laughs> but growing up, it was um, it, it was it was pretty special. Uh, I was I remember exactly where I was. You know, you guys probably aren't going to want to hear this, but I remember exactly exactly where I was in 2011, and I was I was only 11 years old, but I remember exactly where I was and who I was with when um, you know the Bruins won it there, and and then to be able to be around the city when the Red Sox and Patriots uh, have been winning and seeing the parades and everything, it's it's, it's pretty special. It's definitely uh, you know a great sports town, but um, I, I definitely don't support the Bruins anymore. I'll tell you that, but I still def I do cheer off for the uh, the Red Sox. I'm not a big football guy, but I'll watch them if they're on. Well, uh, what was it kind of like to be? Because we we really haven't had that feeling here in Vancouver <laughs> yet. I'm not talking about winning a Stanley <laughs> Cup, but I'm, I'm actually wanting to ask about you know getting to go to that Red Sox game that you mentioned you go to. Like, what was it like to kind of take in a sports event? Because you know all things you know considered and the way that it's kind of trending, it looks like you guys are going to be able to have full fans back at your arena for college hockey. But what was it like to kind of experience that sports atmosphere at a at a Red Sox game that you mentioned you went to? It was it was awesome. It was um, it was like nothing had ever happened. You know, you walk in there with everyone, you know, full pack stadium, no masks, and just you know, people 
being Boston sports fans, you know, yelling, screaming, probably drinking too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Fenway Franks were flying. Uh, it, it was really cool to be able to sit and, you know, luckily we had great weather and yeah. uh, a group of us went in there from the team and it, it was definitely really cool. Um, I, I wasn't at the at the Bruins game. I, I didn't go to any Bruins games in the playoffs, but some I know some of my friends did and they said that first game back was like the craziest game they've ever been to. And it was just a normal playoff game. Um, but just everyone had been out and been packed in so long. Like even that weekend and everything opened up, it was like people were just hugging each other. Like everyone's so friendly. It, it was it was great. I never seen people so happy, and I think you guys will hopefully experience that sometime soon. But you, you'll probably you know say to me it was the same exact thing. You know, you're going around town and you see people, and everyone's just so excited and um, you know so so happy just to be out and about and, and you know be able to do things, see people, and go to stadiums and enjoy enjoy the things that you know we're used to enjoying. So it's um, you know hopefully it keeps up and everyone keeps on staying safe, but. Um, it was definitely been great around here for sure. Yeah. I think they, they just announced the rugby sevens tournament, uh, which is like a rugby seven people rugby game that they just announced back here in Vancouver for September. And the week before the world kind of shut down, they were like praising that they had back to back days of over 30,000 fans in the stands. And then that was on the Saturday and the Sunday and the world shut down basically on the Wednesday when the NBA shut down, NHL shut down. So to look back at that moment, yeah, I mean, we're so damn excited to get things going back here, Uh, you know, get some of our Canadian teams home because our our soccer teams playing in the States, our baseball teams playing in the States. Like we, we just don't have any sports to even go watch (laughs) right now. So it's, it's going to be, it's gonna be a crazy moment there at Rogers arena when the Canucks get back into action and I'm sure it's going to be crazy for you guys at Northeastern just to to get those fans back in there because I know that they bring such a huge support to you guys and that must have been a huge loss last year just not getting to play in front of that crazy crowd yeah no I um you know for you guys I I can't even imagine you know the Canucks first game back with with fans I think that that'll be awesome whenever that is and for us we're so excited to get the dog house back our student section and um I you know it's it feels like it was so long ago and we did have fans back in there. So trying to remember what it was like is, is kind of <laughs> feels like a long time ago, but it's, uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm also just so excited for all the younger guys that didn't get to experience it last year, all the freshmen mm-hmm. and then all the incoming guys. Cause you know, they don't really know what it's like and um, what college hockey is all about. And a lot of college hockey is special. What makes it so special is the fans and how fun it is. And um, you know, that's, that's what I'm really looking forward to. Hey, Aiden, maybe you might not even have an answer for this, but drafts coming up here uh, in this month. Do you have any friends that are going to be coming up in this draft uh, very soon here? Or any guys that you kind of work a lot with in the offseason? Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. The only one I know who I work out with, I've worked out with for a bunch of years, I know, know really well is Matt Beniers. Okay. Um, as, other than that, I maybe I'm, I'm trying to think of got kids, younger brothers. Um, Jack Hughes is going to be draft eligible next year. I know him really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I know Matty Beneers really well. He's, he's an awesome kid. He's been, uh, been training with us, um, for a few years. Um, and he's, you know, a really great kid, great family. I, I played with him and his brother growing up and, um, Matty's uh, developed into a, an awesome hockey player, but he's a really good kid. I, uh, I spend a lot of time around him in the summer. Right. Um, I, uh, so yeah. Yeah. We just had our media availability with the draft prospects and I saw Matty Beneers for the first time and I said, there's no way this guy's 18. Like he looks like he's 30 something. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, he does. He does look older. He can grow with the facial hair. I think he can get more of a more of a beard than I can, which is, uh, you know, I guess it's good for him. But no, he's um, he's he's a great guy, and he's uh, he works hard too. He's been been working out with us uh, for the past few years, and um, you know, I, I just told him to enjoy it because it's going to be, you know, they, he's always seen a little bit different position than I was when 
in the seventh round, but he's you know <laughs> going to hear his name get called pretty quickly, and yeah. um, the next few weeks are going to be pretty crazy for him. So I'm definitely excited to uh, see where he goes and, and what happens there. Most definitely. And final kind of thing before we let you go here, Aiden, I know that a lot of Canucks fans were wondering if you were thinking about going pro after last season. Uh, I know that you wanted to return for another year, get to play some college hockey again. Would that be an ultimate goal for you in the end? You know, if the Canucks are are willing to give you an opportunity to come play in the NHL after your college season, is that something that you're going to strongly consider this year compared to last year? Um, I think, I think that's too early to tell. I, um, you know, I wish I had an answer for you guys, but I'm uh, I'm focused on my season and I'm focused on getting getting better and being the best player I can for Northeastern and helping lead. Uh, my ultimate goal is to play in the NHL one day, and whenever I'm ready for that, and whenever the Canucks feel I'm ready, then um, I think that'll be a decision that you know my family and you know the Canucks will make. But for now, I'm just focused on getting ready for my season and, and being the best player I can be. Absolutely. And I know last year was kind of like a, a no decision, right? Cause you just wanted to get back for this year with Northeastern, get back to a normal year for sure. Yeah, no, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited for next year. And um, after the year that our team had and, you know, personally with the ups and downs and with the school and everything like that, I was you know definitely looking forward to, to getting back at Northeastern for sure. Absolutely. Well, I want to get a prediction for next year from you, Aiden power play goals. Okay. How many do you think you can pot if the if the year goes your way and those shots are going in? Because I remember watching a game of you last year where you were robbed on a hat trick goal, and then I think two minutes later you guys get a power play, and I'm like, here it comes, and you got your hat trick goal on the power play there. Uh, so I'm wondering, do you have a number that's like you want to reach to it, something that you think's kind of like a little bit out of reach, but something that you might be able to attain if everything goes your way? Um, I, I can't say I have a number on on power play goals because I don't really know. I think my freshman year I had eight or nine or nine or ten. I don't know my exact numbers. I have a number of goals that I'd, I'd like to. Mm-hmm. I think that I can I can get to in, in college, uh, five on five, and you know, or power play or penalty kill for rather. But I'm not going to share that because I don't want to jinx myself. Smart, smart. And um, and and I also don't like to you know put numbers on points and goals because I think if I'm playing the right way, then then those will come. But I think you know to be an elite player in, in college hockey, you have to you know, put up those types of numbers. And I, I have a, a goal in mind um, that I think that is attainable for myself. But I, I, I'm sorry, I, I can't say it. Or else I'll, I'm, you know, if, if it ha- doesn't happen at the end of the year, then I'll, it'll be on you guys. So. All right, blink twice if it's 25. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aiden, appreciate you uh, coming back on the show, man. And uh, I'm sure we'll chat again once your season's getting rolling here uh, at Northeastern. And best of luck. Uh, enjoy some time at home here uh, before you get back since in September. And hopefully, uh, you know, it seems like the world's opened up again. So hopefully you can see your friends and family a lot here. Yeah, awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me on again. And, and yeah, like you said, it's, it's been great to be home and spend time with family and friends that some I haven't seen in a long time. So hope you guys can enjoy it soon. But uh, thanks again for having me on. Absolutely. Keep showing Jack that slap shot. <laughs> I will. And I think he's showing me some stuff more than I'm showing him. But um, if he does get a one-timer goal this year, you can say it's because of me, I guess. <laughs> Sounds good. Have a good one, Aiden. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. And a huge thank you to Aiden McDonough. I think our favorite prospect to talk to. Can I go? Can I be a little biased? Yeah, you can. Our favorite prospect. Jack Rathbone's not a prospect anymore. So. That's true. That's yeah, true. Silly Pod Coles never made it on. Yep. Tried a lot. We tried did try a lot. A lot. Uh, but hey, let's let's touch on a couple of things in that conversation. There. Yes. And a couple of things we talked about off air as well, maybe too. We were airing up the studio, getting getting some airflow yes. through. Oh, here. it was hot in here, but. First time with a power skating coach for Aiden McDonough. Yeah. I thought he might have had one after his freshman year moving into his sophomore year because there was clear improvement in his skating from his first and second year of college. 
But now he's got a power skating coach. Man, like I thought every single hockey player had a power skating coach. I thought every single hockey player was doing this. And the fact that he never had one up until this age, you know, we're going to see a difference probably next year as well in his skating. We have to. We have to see. We've never had a power skating coach before, and now he's working with one of the best. There's there's a lot of room that he can improve on his skating, and it's going to be impressive to see what he does next year. There's a lot to like about this prospect, and I think, you know, I was talking well, about this with you off-air. It's the only knock. Is exactly. this skating? Exactly. It's the only knock right now on him. That's what made him a seventh-round pick, right? right? And now, you know, what I just said to you off-air is, no matter what round you're taking in, but especially so if you're a late-round pick like he is, the only way you're getting to the NHL is through sheer work ethic and desire. And, you know, he was talking about it. He's like, yeah, it's not really fun to go out without a puck for two hours, but I'm willing to put in the work and I'm going to see the benefits. And he's confident in that. And that's, you know, that's what separates a lot of good prospects from a lot of great prospects and good players from great players, right? Like, There's players, a reason why he shot up the Canucks rankings exactly, and prospects, right? Exactly. And, you know, a lot of it's come from that shot, literally. Uh, you know, the way that... He, it's something that he's talked about. He's told us this a lot. He's told us this in prior interviews as well, but working at goaltender camps a lot. Yeah. Being a shooter at goaltender camps every single summer for a long time now. You know, that's obviously going to improve your shot a lot. The shots that he's getting in his backyard, everything. The shot's there, right? The shot is, it's already, it's an elite NCAA shot, and I bet it goes into the NHL and looks and fits in at the NHL. Hmm. But skating is a thing. And, and I think the fact the that he's going at it that is is impressive. Tried to get a little bit out of him about uh, if he was thinking about going pro after next year. I got, I'm going to, I have to ask him that every time. You know what? He, he answered all of those questions very well. Even the Boston sports one, he was very, very <laughs> sure to say that he doesn't support the Bruins anymore, which is what he should be saying on a Canucks podcast. Yes. But yeah, like the way, the way he carries himself and even knowing like not sharing his goal total uh, goal for us. It's 25. It, it has to be it has 25. to be 25. Like if they play if 36 games or, or something like that, whatever yeah. the season is, it's 25. Yeah, it is. If he gets there too. But he didn't say it. What, he didn't if, put it out there. So. No, he didn't put it out there. I put it out there. But if he gets to 25, he's signing with the Canucks. Canucks will not. Yeah. Like if he gets 25 goals, goals, the Canucks are signing him. Yeah. And no doubt. And he wants, he said it. It's his goal. His goal is to play in the NHL. Yeah. He's got course. one of his best friends from childhood in the NHL on that team. If there's an offer, I know he wants to go back to Northeastern. Yeah. You know, he loves it at Northeastern. We've we've heard that in all the interviews. Yeah. But with Jack up there with the Canucks already, with his goal of being in the NHL, if they're offering him after his season next year, he's going. He's going pro. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I know. We'll, we'll kind of wrap things up now with the poll question. But before we go any further, your first time, uh like we've had I feel like this is probably the fifth or sixth yeah, fifth time or Aiden's sixth. been yeah. on yeah. the show. And this is your first interview with him, yeah. which is kind of funny because you only got maybe one or two questions in, yeah, or maybe two or three. You got a couple. Well, you guys, it's like you guys are riffing so well. It's hard yeah. for me to get. It's like when Woodley comes on the show. You, I leave. You, you can't talk yeah. much to to Woodley. That's that's like that's my guy. That's true. That's true. No, even, it's fair. Even Rathbone. I, I did a full interview with Rathbone alone. Yeah. Rathbone's Rathbone's my guy. Yeah. Well, that's good. And he answered a good question about Jack. Like I thought it was hilarious that he was like. You know, a lot of people were texting him when he scored his first goal, but the group chat was blowing up when yeah. Drysaddle and McDavid are coming <laughs> down on a two-on-one. Yeah, Incredible I was glad I got stuff. that question in. All right, well, we'll wrap things up now. Uh, I mean, that's kind of our prospect report there. Yeah. Uh, we talked to one of the... Nobody's playing right now. Yeah. It's the summer. <laughs> it's true. That That's a pretty good prospect report then if yeah. we get Aiden McDonough for that exactly. long. Um, hey, let's get to the poll question, though, Quads. Our Your Business Here poll question. Who puts up more points next season? Vasily Colson. Niels Huglander or I'm angry. How do you think the poll went here? You're going to make me guess? Are you yeah, kidding me? This is how it works. Well, what we've talked I'm about. I'm guessing this. about 20% of people voted I'm angry. Close. 
17. Who won the poll? Uh, Hoglander probably won the poll. With how much percent? Dude, come on. Like 62. Pretty close. 60%. Niels okay. Hoglander. Vasily Pod Colson gets 25 and I'm Angry gets 15. Okay, now I want to I talk about this a little. Yeah. Because when it comes to opportunity, we would assume, and I think it's recency bias, a lot of people are assuming when they look at this poll that Niels Hoglander is getting more ice time than Pod Colson. He's getting more opportunity. But I've said for a while now that I think Pod Colson's going to come into camp. He's going to get the same opportunity that Hoglander did where he gets thrown onto a second line. And Travis is going to... I'm sorry, Travis is going to like Pod Colson more than he is Hoglander. And look, Travis loves him some Nils Hoglander. How could you not? That Everybody work does. ethic. Exactly. But That's the hard part about talking about these two. And like, we all love what Nils Hoglander does. Absolutely. We all love what he does. But... Pod Colson has to to me and to a lot of scouts and to you always been a better prospect, a higher rated prospect, yep. and like I would say a better player. It's all around even saying all it. around better player. Absolutely, there's going to be less mistakes, even and that's something Travis is going to like. If it's top six player, all around player, bottom six player, yep. I think Pod Colson's better in all three. Rounds. Yeah, absolutely, and he, I think that's yeah. what, and I think you're bang on with him if he gets that opportunity and Travis Green puts him into that spot above Huglander. It wouldn't shock me at all. To see Huglander move down to a third line. You know, maybe Huglander plays on a first line. I, if, I just, I get the feeling that JT Miller is going to be the 3C. Really? I don't like it, but I think that's what they're going to roll with. I think it's going to be some sort of combination of Huglander on that first line. Or maybe Pod Colson on that first line. Playing with Pedersen and Besser. I think that second line is going to be Horvat. It's going to be Pearson. Maybe it is Huglander there. And that's what the crazy thing for me is. It's like... If you're trying to find a guy to play on that line, if you're putting Miller as your 3C, you need to find someone to play with Patterson and Besser. Who is it? Like, who's, who's the guy? It's Pod Colson. Is it Pod Colson? It has to be. You think? Because Huglander got a little bit of time. Yeah, but Huglander didn't do great. But Huglander got a lot of time with Horvat. Yes. That's what makes me think so, that if they are going to go with Miller at 3C, it's, it is Pod Colson there. Yeah, Because who, exactly. who else is it? Tyler Mott? No. It's not Tyler absolutely. Mott. And here, here, here's what I'm saying, Chris. Is First of all, We've said it before. I think we're both in agreement on this. The lotto line is one of this team's strengths. When they go into a game and they have strengths over the other team, it's usually in the goaltending department and it's with the lotto line. They usually have a better first line than most teams that they play in the league. That's just a statement of fact. The lotto line wasn't great this year, sure, but Pedersen was heating up. Look at the year before that. The lotto line is one of this team's strengths. Getting rid of that is a very bold choice. Now, that being said... I think if the lotto line stays intact, I'm sorry, I think Pearson's on a third line. I think we're seeing Pod Colton and Hoaglander a wing on Horvat's wing like mm. very early in the season. That makes a bottom six line feel like a bottom six line with Tanner Pearson there. Because I think well, Tanner Pearson's a good bottom six winger. Sure, but I'm sorry, Pod Colton does everything better than Pearson. He's right. faster, he's harder on pucks, he's going to be great along the boards, right? Like, you've watched more pod goals than I have, and I'm confident in saying this. He's a better player than Tanner Pearson. Yeah, I think it's a lot to... I think a lot is made about the transition that's going to be made for for a lot of people. A lot of prospects coming into the NHL, everyone's like, it's such a big jump to the NHL, it's a huge jump to the NHL. The KHL is the second best league in the world. Pod Colson's game is going to fit the he NHL very well. He is going to be fine with the transition. Listen, like... You know, Oscar Fantenberg. Let's let's bring up Oscar Fantenberg, who plays for the Canucks, has a decent season for the Vancouver Canucks, goes to Ska. You think that it's like, oh, he's going to this weaker league. He's going to go rip up Ska. He was, he was fine for, for Ska. He's playing with Pod Colson. 
Fanberg wasn't the best defenseman on that team. He might have been the third or fourth defenseman on that team, but he was a fifth or sixth in the NHL. Yeah. This is not a huge difference yeah. in play. These are a lot of extremely good hockey players playing in the KHL, and I would say that you know 20 to 50 KHL players could probably play in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. Like A lot of these guys are very Pavel much Datsuk. NHL talent. Yeah, well, that's who could still play in the NHL. We'll see what he can do in the K. Was he 43 now? Yeah, 44, Damn. I think. Last, like during the season, he might have been 44. What a beauty. But what a gem. That's what I think. Like A lot of people are like, well, you got to see what Pod Colson can do when he gets in the NHL. This is a guy who's going to fit on any line. No matter which way you want to play him, if you want to play him on the fourth line, which you shouldn't, he can play as a fourth line guy. Is that your basketball fill impression? <laughs> My basketball fill impression. Don't get me don't get me started on basketball fill. I know he doesn't listen to the show because I know he I know he doesn't want to hear anything about the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, fair enough. But I'll tell you what, basketball fill. What happened to Canada and Victoria down there? Basketball fill. What did they lost? Right, they lost. Oh yeah, which is unfortunate. Like I wanted, I wanted them to win too. Where's Jamal Murray? But when they lost, first person I thought of basketball, basketball fill. <laughs> Absolutely, basketball fill. But. I mean, like I said, Pat Colson can do it anywhere. He can play on any line. Yep. Like, that's the thing. And his the way that he's going to play is, like, he's going to fit in with any other duo. So, to me, I picked Pod Colson in the poll. I think Pod Colson is going to get more points. Than I think Pod Colson as well. I'm and I you. liked all... Like, that's a, that's a weird thing about... We're not picking... We're not saying that Huglander is bad or, we're like... You know, he's really good. The, the Pod Colson's also really good, too. These are two great... These were two excellent prospects a year and a half ago. Right, they were top fifty prospects in Craig Button's list. Whoever list had it out there outside the NHL, Pod Colson and Huglander were high. Huglander showed better than a lot of people had projected. Obviously, Pod Colson, a lot of people are projecting that the points just aren't going to be there. But man, I've been saying this for so long. Pod Colson's playmaking is going to get him points in the NHL. It's going to get him yeah. points in the NHL. I'm picking Pod Colson in this in this one, unless. You know, I think it's going to come down to who's playing with with Pedersen and Besser, and if it's Pod Colson. Hot damn, he's putting up points. Yeah. If you get Pod Colson playing left wing with Pedersen and Besser, holy moly, man. I don't like that's the dream come true for me who's been following Pod Colson. You know, I've watched 200 of Pod Colson's games in the last three years. It's insane. I've seen so much Pod Colson. And then to think that like the next time I might see him is going to be on a line with Pedersen and Besser, what a freaking world. You're going to be the Pod Colson beat reporter at training camp. Well, you're the one working on Russian. Yeah, working on it. I'm yeah. going to maybe ask him one question that You're embarrassed myself at, when he asked. this little man asking me a Russian question. <laughs> I hope he doesn't say that. No. If, he, if he just quickly transitions to English to say that in front of all the cameras. Or he says it through his interpreter. Maybe. His, his translator. Maybe. I wonder if he's seen, like... Vasily think, says, look at this little man okay, asking me a question. Think about all the gifts I've put out of Vasily yeah. Podkolzin. Mm-hmm. He must have seen them. Well, you know Not he's all seen of them. some stuff that you've posted. I know he's seen stuff that I posted. Yeah. I think he's going to know my name when I talk to him for the first time. You hope. I think he will. He's yeah. We've interacted. Shave your beard. Give yourself the Khabib beard, you know? Get rid of the mustache part. Little thinner. Well, I ha- should I, like man. Like Moe's from we can't, uh we can't the wear our uh yeah, we can't wear our our jerseys or anything. But like, they're like, you, well, you know what? They's like, you can't you wear not wear your ska you jersey. Can't wear to Canucks jerseys camp. to Canucks Do training camp. Do not wear your what about ska? ska. Do not wear my number sixty nine favorite jersey. <laughs> you can't wear that to training camp. Although I would love to see it. Yeah, you cannot. As as your boss, I'm telling you, you cannot wear that to training camp. Well, we'll see if I can get uh, credentials for Canucks combo then. Oh man, that's that's a bold choice. I'm gonna I'm gonna kibosh no, I'm that. I'm gonna I'm gonna work against you. 
All right, we'll wrap things up there. Pull question. Who do you like? Who do you think? I guess like I didn't. Really, it's Blake Colson for sure. Why though? Because he's. I'm. I'm. I'm holding firm that he's going to get more opportunity this year and like early on. I. I don't think it's going to take long for him to win Travis Green's trust. Mm-hmm. He's going to be one of those players. Like, look. Let me ask. Let me expand it a little bit. Okay. Is he going to win his trust enough to be a PK guy though? Because that's where he's. I think he's going to be an excellent NHLer. Is on the PK. No, he's not going to win it right away. Travis loves his yeah, old PKers. Right he's not going to win it right away. Um. He's going to win it eventually. He's going to, he is going to be killing penalties, maybe even on the first unit by the end of the season. Mm. Take that to the bank. That's pretty bold. Um, Final thing I wanted to just ask, because you you seemed a little shocked when I mentioned it. And we've, we've talked a lot about the JT Miller to 3C of what if we like it? Do we not like it? But my question to you is, is it going to happen? Do you think, whether we like it or not, do you think that we see JT Miller at 3C to Um, start the year? Yeah. Like, not okay. our opinion on it, what we think is yeah. actually going to happen, because I think it's going to happen. Okay. I think, as it stands with the Canucks' current roster construction, yes, it is going to happen because they don't have many options. Now, I think that we're going to see some changes between now and the start of the season. I think one of those changes might be going out and getting somebody that can play through Getting a center, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Mason Appleton's name's been thrown out there a bunch. Is he a winger? No, he's a he's a center. Really? Because Howerluck was a center for you last year at <laughs> at training camp. How, how'd that work out? Hey, I, he played center sometimes. <laughs> where the in like on the on the taxi squad? Maybe I saw it. He I loved me. how confident you were in that last last training yeah, camp. Yeah, Appleton's too. a center. Appleton is a center. Is he a center or does he have a center on the West? How many faceoffs has he taken? Are you kidding me? You're going to make me look up his faceoff number? Yeah, okay, because, is, is Pedersen a center? Is yeah, Pedersen's a center? Okay, well he has lower faceoff numbers than JT Miller. Yeah. Because JT Miller's a better faceoff guy, still two centers. Yeah, but I'm okay. You can't you can't just watch the games. Is all I'm saying. Watch <laughs> the games. I, well, yeah, watch the games. Jace Howard looks the center. Watch the games. <laughs> all right, he took not many faceoffs. Still, he's a winger, man. He's he's, he's wing. I've seen the games. Yeah, but he's no, he's listed as a center on every website. Get out of here. Okay, Pedersen doesn't take Look faceoffs. This guy. He's watch still a the center. Games he he has he has the defensive responsibilities of a center. Close this out. Close this out. I'm leaving the studio. He doesn't take the faceoffs. Okay. Anyways, you we'll don't wrap. have to take the faceoffs to be the center. <laughs> okay. Pedersen yeah. has the de- shut up. A Pedersen rare, has the defensive- rare situation with Pedersen, Pedersen and Miller. Pedersen has the defensive responsibilities of a center, as does Appleton. Clearly. So he's the center. He's the center. He's listed as a center. Miller's a winger. He's listed as a center. And Miller's a winger who takes face. I watched some games for Jets Nation, actually. Um, when really I was not enough. Hashtag watch the games, Chris. Um, and yeah, Appleton's the center. I'm like 38% sure. 38, is that his face-off <laughs> percentage? No, his face-off percentage is pretty good, actually. Uh, what, the 14 draws that he took last year? You know what? I think he did take 14 on the dot. Really? No, he took he took 13 oh. draws. 13 face-offs. But he, he's a center. He's a center. 13 face-offs. Okay. Well, he's listed as a center. He's listed who's going to take center. the face-offs on the third line then? Tanner Pearson? Because he's the winger? Okay, I guess that's a good point. It's ridiculous. Make him start taking face-offs. All right, fair enough. Just well, Tyler Mott used to be a center too, right? Yeah. Tyler Mott still is maybe a that's the Maybe that's the thing. Mott taking face-offs, but Appleton's the center. There you go. There you go. You're wrong, but maybe you're right. All right, <laughs> we'll wrap things up there. Uh, thank you very much to Aiden McDonough for joining us on the show this week. We'll chat again with him, uh, I guess, probably before their season gets going a little bit. Give him some off-seasons to work out here. Uh, and we really appreciate him coming on the show. Almost that was That's not a word. I uh, really appreciate him coming on the show. Uh, we'll wrap things up there. we got to get out of here. It's getting too hot in the studio. For David Quadrelli, my name's Chris Favor, and thank you so much. 
Go Italy, by the way, for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 